We all want to be safe. We do safety practices to protect us. So I'm going to give you some statistics that will help you understand where you're truly safe. Riding the car, 28% of accidents. That's the most dangerous thing you do every day. Get into an automobile. Now, those are fatal accidents. The rest are, but that's fatal accidents. Staying home, 17% of accidents. Walking in the street, 15% of accidents. Travel, air, rail, water, 16% of accidents. You know where you are the most safe? Church. <laughs> <laughs> Crowd, and the 
eventually they're going to move across the Sea of Galilee and go to uh, the other side, which doesn't have a lot of population. So just to get uh, to deal with the stress of having a ministry. Can you imagine how exhausted Jesus Christ was day by day teaching? He takes a lot of energy. And healing people, that takes energy. He was always around people. So he got very, very tired. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. Because he was exhausted, his day was done, he wanted to get some rest, and he wanted to again get away from the people at this particular point. And leaving the crowd, they took with him in the boat, just as he was. He was already in the boat. They just kind of pushed off. And other boats were with him. It's interesting. I, I taught him the story. Heard so many different times. I never noticed here in Mark, Matthew doesn't say this, but there were other boats with them. Or who, who were these people? We had the apostles, of course, in one boat. And then the other people were people who just followed Jesus Christ around. They were disciples that were interested in everything that he did and wanted to be part of his uh, teaching. So, yeah, I don't know how many boats were following uh, the main boat. Now, this day, the disciples were about to have one of the most frightening experiences in their lives. Frightening experiences. We heard this week about the Southwest Airline was traveling from New York to Dallas, and there was a fan blade that was weakened, and it let loose, and the whole engine tore up, and a part of that particular engine hit a passenger window. You see it there on the right side with the red arrow. And it knocked it out, and of course that depressurized the cabin. And what happened was, there was a woman, three seats there uh, on the side, uh, there was a woman that was sucked partially out of the plane. Well, that's a new one. Can you imagine? And there was a woman in a teenager sitting next to her, and they were trying to bring her back in, but it was so noisy, and, and they just couldn't do it. And sadly enough, she lost her life. Her name was Jennifer Gordon. She was a bank executive. She had two kids, and she lived in New Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, and just like that, I don't know if she was looking at her phone or whatever, but boom, it was gone. There was more life. And a sudden crisis came into her family's life. I mean, how often does that happen? Now, if you're afraid of flying, don't think about that. The chances of happening. Small, okay, but at the same time, it happened to her, and uh, yeah, that's the way it is. They just gotta show up in our lives. Let's talk about the facts of fear. Fear occurs when we feel out of control. This review we talked about this in the last several messages. Fear occurs when we feel out of control, and we want to be in control. Most of life is out of your control. Do you realize that? I mean, think about it. You think you control things, but you really don't. You know? Anything. 
could happen. So the secret of overcoming fear is faith in God. Because God is the only one who knows what's going to happen. And he can help you through whatever the issue might be. And he is your rock. So that's the whole idea. We fear because of our uncertainty. And we have to come to the point where we realize that, that anything can happen. That there's no, there's no guarantees in this life. And if you realize that and really own it, I don't think you might be as shocked when bad things happen. Right? Because you go to war and, oh, your life should be great. Oh, you keep having this string of problems. That's why you have problems until you die. He's encouraging, huh? <laughs> but that's the way it is. You're going to talk about the train track, right? You got the rail where things are going really well in life, and then you have the other rail where things are not going well. So at any point in your life, you can point to challenges, problems, but you also can see many good things that God's done in your life. So one of the challenges is to keep your mind on the good things that are happening. So the train kind of swings this way when things are good, swings that way. We just have to accept it. It's so hard to accept that, but knowing that we have God loves us, we can have a relationship with Him, changes everything. It says in Matthew 5 25, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So what's the point here? Well, both Christians and non-Christians are going to have sunshine in their lives, but they're also going to have rain. Just because you decide to become a follower of Christ doesn't mean that your life is going to get easier. I mean, sometimes it gets harder for some reason. We know the problems are going to spread out in different ways. But again, the difference here Yes, we're going to face the same type of problems, uh, people who are like us, but we have Jesus Christ to walk us through those problems, to encourage us, to carry us, to give us the coping ability. And that's why I'm so passionate about, let's see people come to Christ and Usually when we're thinking about, okay, we want people making a decision to follow Christ, we're thinking about eternity, right? Where are they going to spend eternity? But just as important is while they're here on earth. Don't you want them to have the same resources that you have, the same confidence you have as you walk with Jesus? It says that a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filled. Let's look at the geography of the Sea of Galilee. See all the mountains around there that kind of surround the Sea of Galilee? Well, it was like 682 feet below sea level. So what would happen is, is that uh, these winds uh, would come down, <laughs> like in this fishbowl, and, and come down, and they would meet the water that's warm, warm air, and then you have a storm. In fact, I think in Israel they have some type of rain event 
every day at Sea of Galilee because of this. But sometimes it's supercharged, especially in the winter. Most scholars think this happened in the winter. And so here are the disciples, Jesus and the other disciples were in the other boats. And all of a sudden, this incredible wind, talks about a great windstorm. I mean, this is really serious. This is like hurricane winds. This is like, oh, we're going to die. I mean, these fishermen, they were pros. They had been in so many storms before. And they knew that they could not survive this storm. Because it was so intense. And yeah, they needed some help. The great windstorm arose. Waves were breaking in the boat because the boat was already filling. So here you have these waves breaking back and forth. And so the boat is sinking slowly. <laughs> it's one thing to be having problems. Another boat, another issue to have your, your boat filled with water. And we are going down. Now the question that we all have was, where was Jesus? Where was Jesus when all this was going on? He was retired. He was sleeping. Sleeping? What's he doing sleeping? Doesn't he know he has to take care of everybody? How could he sleep in this situation? He had a cushion that was like a pillow and it was in the rear of the boat. So <laughs> it's a miracle that he was asleep during all this. And so the disciples came back and they saw him sleeping. Why did Jesus Christ sleep in the midst of a disastrous situation? Because Jesus Christ is the creator of this world. Colossians 1. He is the sustainer of creation. And he is the one who controls it. So hey, you got that kind of power? Lay back. They knew the disciples would probably wake him up, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's interesting how they, they reacted differently. The disciples over here, you know, oh, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm panicking. What do I do? I've got to do something. Jesus Christ over here is sleeping in perfect peace. Your friends, when we come upon unexpected crisis. We can choose to respond like the disciples or we can choose to respond like Jesus. Now again, <laughs> you're not going to sleep with a tornado or anything like that. But, uh, the point is, yes, you are going to be fearful. You are going to panic. All those things just, just kind of naturally set in. But the question is, after the initial, oh, you know, fight or flight, how are you going to respond then? I mean, these situations stay with you for a period of time. So you can choose to continue to be panicked. You can choose to dwell on whatever the issue is that's bothering you. And as we've talked about before, we think that just by worrying about something, just by being anxious, that's going to solve the problem. We think it's beneficial. No, it's not. This is what I think. For you, when I have productive thoughts and not pointless thoughts. So, so when you, you finally get into a 
situation, when I look around here and see so many families who've had uh, these sudden crises come up, uh, what happens is, as you trust in Jesus, uh, you experience something the world does not know. The thing you need to remember is that Jesus is in your boat if you're a Christian. Jesus is in the boat. And how many times would we get blinded by a crisis and we're thinking, oh, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus is in your boat. Talk to him about it. He controls everything. He loves you. Talk to Jesus about it. And that's the struggle that many Christ followers have is they're not living their lives in concert and abiding in Christ and therefore when problems come, boom! They freak out because they don't know that Jesus Christ is in their boat. We say, well, is Jesus Christ going to calm the storm? Well, not necessarily. No, what he's going to do, though, is he is going to empower you. He's going to bring other Christians around you. He is going to support and encourage you through whatever difficulty that you're going through. Again, he doesn't necessarily get rid of the problem. I know a lot of you struggle with the chronic pain. Physical pain, mental pain, whatever. There's a lot of pain in your life. Your relationship, and it just continues on and on. You say, oh God, how long is it going to be this way? And we don't know. So we have to just keep trusting him and trusting him and trusting him. Because, as we've talked about before, the reason that you are going through a crisis and maybe chronic pain is so that you can testify to the power of God to other people. You can tell your story and say, yeah, I had this disease or I went through this poor situation, whatever. And Jesus Christ showed up to not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding regarding the hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. How many have experienced that going through a crisis? I know many of you have, yeah. It's really weird, right? Because you're, you're looking at all these things, and the average person without Jesus <laughs> would not be doing well. And, and obviously, you're, you're stressed, but at the same time, Jesus is here. It's like when you're in the hospital, or you're not doing well, and, and somebody comes over and, and, and just sits with you. And just the fact that that person is there, that encourages you. They came to take that time. They don't have to suffer alone. Last, remember that Jesus is in the boat. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing. Yeah, there is him. <laughs> you just get a minute and sleep in the back of the boat. they come back. What are you doing? We're going to die! You don't care! 
first Jesus here, as we read it in Isaiah
confusing us. So let's say that you've got 20 inches on the ground, and you're out there, and you're shot. You're shot. A lot of those people have snow blowers, got bless you, but, you know, we're shoveling here, okay? And the wind is just driving into your face. You've got scarves on, things like that, but it hurts. And you say, Lord, help me! And in that moment, the snow stops coming down. In that moment, the snow disappears, having all of it. And in that moment, it's a 75 degree day with all kinds of sun. And you're standing there with your shovel and going, <laughs> that gives you an idea what the disciples went through. It's like having <laughs> the paranormal here, right? No, you're in the supernatural. And, and, and see, that's why we need to continue to talk about how great our God is. The way you grow as a Christ follower is you continue to learn about who God is. And then you take those steps of faith. And as you, I mean, really the only way you can grow is to go through one of these and find out that Jesus can be counted on. And then you say, oh, wow, he brought me through that. To the next sudden crisis comes up. Say, oh, thank you for being in the boat. Here's how I'm feeling and help me. But thank you. That's your Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? It's like Jesus full heart on his disciples, right? In the midst of tornadoes. Yeah, there's a reason to get upset. He was saying, I was in the boat with you guys. You've seen me do miracles. You've seen me heal people, raise people from the dead. You've heard my teaching. You've seen me control the supernatural, the demons, uh, the wickedness. You've seen it all. So why put your head on me for this? Have you still no faith? And I find this to be a very encouraging verse because I land here a lot of times. Jesus could say to me, Dan, come on, man. How long have you walked with God? Why are you freaking out? Why are you losing control? Jesus is here. And he's going to work at some point. And I know sometimes you're struggling with something. You're praying. You're reading the Bible. You're spending time with other Christians. But there doesn't seem to be much difference. You still feel as bad as you do. You say, why, God? Because the joy is coming in the morning, right? And who knows how long the night may be. And so if you're just kind of like, oh, this is not going to happen to me, you just keep holding on to Jesus. You keep holding on to him with the encouragement that you need. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey? Every time in Scripture, God reveals himself in some way. People are full of fear. Amen. 
people are amazed. You see, the more you get to know God and how wonderful and great He is, the more you stand up. Take care of it. 